You're listening to Vince Tracy and Neil Coburn. It's Europe Calling. What's in the news this week, especially from the UK and from Spain? Europe Calling. Well, a very good day. Welcome, everybody. It is the 3rd of May, 2023. Our weather this morning, absolutely lovely. The uh, sun's shining away. Everything's looking pretty good. Uh, Definition on the mountains is nice and clear. And if I go to the west, uh, round about three quarters of an hour... I should find Neil, and um, basically, I should imagine the weather's fairly similar. Good morning to you, Neil, and uh, what's your weather like? Morning, Vince. It's uh, beautiful. Just a few fluffy clouds about, and just a nice gentle breeze, but it's it's warm. It really is warm. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, well, uh, let's find out what I've got for you this week. Uh, We'll start with uh, this one. It's a few days old now, but a major manhunt was underway after 13 foreign criminals escaped during a riot at an immigration centre. The detainees fled Yarl's Wood Immigration Removal Centre in Milton Ernest in Bedfordshire following a row over access to a gym late on Friday evening. Five have been caught, but eight others, including seven Albanian men, are still being hunted. It's believed that some of them are convicted drug drug dealers. The riot is said to have started when 40 detainees who were held at the centre while awaiting deportation were prevented from using the gym. I don't know why they repeat everything in these articles, but that's how it's written. So, um, I mean, we're not getting anything new out of this. We're just getting more and more incompetence, aren't we? All way along, yeah. Starts with boats, starts where you put them, and then you just wander off. And that, you know, these that come in with no papers and this, that and the other, you know, you'll be very lucky to find them, you know, unless they're daft enough to stay around the area that they're in, you know. Well, there's a comment here which really says it for everybody. Here for the crack in Newcastle said, For the nation who, more than any other, developed the modern world, we couldn't organise the proverbial in a brewery and can't do anything properly these days. I'm beginning to think it's all by design. Now, I think that really is where I'm particularly feeling it now. It's got to be planned, hasn't it? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think they're just trying to sing Britain all together. You know, all these wokes, they don't realise it's all right, you know, putting banners up and all this. You know, we've got to help people and we help everybody. When they, you know, when they're legal, we'll help anybody. But it's all these illegal that these wokes are trying to let in and come and stay in hotels and do whatever they want. They don't have to work, they'll get so much money a week, you know. No, yeah. Somewhere, somebody's got to stamp the foot down and say, well, enough is completely enough now. You can you can forget all your solicitors. We're going to deport them all back and let them start filling in the forms where we deport them to. And if they're then legal, we'll let them back in. Well, don't keep leaving them in and leaving them in and they keep going further and further and longer and longer because everybody forgets all about it then. It's just like... Oh, well, they're all there, but it's all right until it happens to, you know, in your area. Well, we've got visitors from Wirral uh, with us, and uh, quite honestly, uh, the things that they're telling us, um, which uh, we are aware of, but at the same time, we're hearing it now firsthand, um, you know, groups of men outside little sort of smoking shops all round places in Birkenhead. Now, you know, where I used to live, I don't think... I ever saw anything like that 
and you think to yourself you know uh, how stupid can stupid get because if people can't see that you know at a minute's notice uh, once the command comes then uh, you know you might need to be vigilant at your own front door if you're not careful I mean it's pretty obvious um, we've also been speaking to people from Cornwall and down in Newquay where we used to live they've got exactly the same you know these groups of men hanging round leering at the young girls as they go by um, by all means you, you know you expect any hot-blooded male to uh, cast an eye but you know we we've learned over the years to try and be a little bit sensitive to the fact that you know as the ladies go by you, you'd give them a bit of space space and respect um, but unfortunately I, I don't think it's seen that way when you get these guys that are just hanging around that's what they do yeah. hang around they just, they just hang around about four or five six of them will go into a shop they'll all be filling their pockets and this that and the other you know and then they're all chasing these young girls as you said you know listen I can't understand I mean we've got these riots in in, uh, in France because he's moved the age from 62 to 64 in UK he put it up to 66 and then 67 and not not one word was heard. Nobody complaining about it. What's happened with UK? Where's our backbone gone? If you if they shouldn't be here, and the, the same as, as any anybody else, if you shouldn't be here, cart them off back. You know, whoever they are, it doesn't matter. You know, black, white, uh, any country in the world. If they're there illegally, there's a, there's a clue in the word illegal. Well, get them away. Uh, well, um, we were talking a few minutes before we started doing this and um, our visitors were talking about asylum seekers. So I said, are we talking about the same thing here? Because I only really see that it's illegal immigrants. And then the correction was made. And you see, the, the thing is, if they're saying it naturally then obviously people in a general sense are talking about asylum seekers. They're not talking about uh, illegal immigrants. And there is a big difference, isn't there? Massive difference. <laughs> asylum seekers, you fill your form in. And, and if you, you know, if you answer all the questions and then they say, yeah, you're okay, yeah, you want to put, you know. Uh, it's like, we want, we want something like 150,000 nurses and doctors and stuff like that that we used to get from Philippines and all the other things. They come in legally fill the farming and then they go they go to work these that are coming on these boats they'll never work a day thing in their life if, if they want to sort these lot out the minute they get on that off that boat they should give them a uniform and say oh by the way you're going to some barracks and uh, you'll be going to wherever there's a war or and i'll tell you what they soon not want to come with that would they no they wouldn't and uh, sadly you know um we have got um well, as I say, we've got visitors. We've been down to the airport. Who were the stragglers coming off the planes? Obviously, it was people coming in from Britain. Uh, everybody else, they get uh, f sort of straight away. You come in, whereas the Brits now uh, take the back of the queue. And you've travelled recently, so you've probably seen it. The, well, you, you'll know more about it than I do. It's, I mean, here... It, once they come on these boats, they're, they're put into a, a strict detention centre. You know, how many were it? 13, 14 or Just decided to have a riot and walk out. You know, hang on a minute. They're supposed to be like, you know, secure places. And, and they're just wandering in and out willy-nilly. But here, they put into these things. The next minute, no, no, where's your papers? You haven't got any. Back on that boat. Go and see you. You know. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm here and not there now. I'd be ripping my hair out every day. Yeah, I think I'd feel exactly the same. Okay, so uh, let's move on. Here's the next one. Okay, so I picked up an article by somebody called Mick Hume, and uh, he writes, An Oath of Allegiance. Sorry, but this national 
homage of the people sounds more like the stuff of a Stalinist People's Republic. The authoritarian, uh, authoritarian regime in North Korea, after all, is very keen on compulsory public oaths of loyalty to Kim Jong-un. Thankfully, we won't get locked up for refusing to chant along with the Archbishop of Canterbury in front of the television, or for doing so in a knowing, ironic style. It is an invitation, after all. But this stunt still seems a bizarre bid to make the monarchy appear... In the enthusiastic words of one deluded royal biographer, democratic and inclusive. The archaic wording of the people's pledge, may the king live forever, might have sounded solemn coming from the traditional phalanx of robed dukes and bishops in the abbey, but can surely only sound ridiculous from suburban garden parties, a few bottles of rose down. Um... Okay, I looked at um, what people were saying and somebody from Culmstock, wherever that is, in the United Kingdom, not my king, not my coronation, make funding them a voluntary tax like corporation tax for multinationals is. So those who want them to stay can pay for it, can continue to do so, and those of us who don't, don't let's see how monarchist the monarchists are then and how many of them opt to pay up right uh, i'm not a monarchist i don't know how you feel about it i loved the queen when she was alive i think the rest of them uh, quite honestly william's okay um obviously kate's okay and um princess Anne does a reasonably good job edward and sophie yeah i can get by with them but I'm afraid there's a lot of dead wood there, and I think Charles is about the biggest piece of dead wood for me, um, ready to take over, and um, I'm not his biggest fan. So, you know, I've stated my my uh, case so that I don't sound as if I'm coming in from a bias. <laughs> okay, what do you think? Well, we, we were on about, we, when we were on the radio here, you know, every week, we, we were saying that, listen, Nobody minds paying for royal family like them that you've just mentioned. That circle there. Yeah. It's all these second cousins and third cousins and God knows what here, there and everywhere. They're just getting paid for doing absolutely nothing. So let's resort it out again. Yeah, Charlie boy, I, I, I disagree with him, you know, with this uh, Camilla and all that, as you know, we both of us did. Yeah. Uh, but that's how it goes up to the throne. Yeah, right, okay, so we're having a king. That's fine by me, you know. And royal family do fetch a lot of money into the country. But all these angers on, that just keep... They, they only pop up when somebody's died or somebody's getting married or something like that. And we're paying them, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds just for them to sit at home and do nothing. You know, it, it's like, hang on a minute. They should be out earning their living, you know, like everybody else has to. But... The, the, the main circle around who's saying William and Kate and all them they're, they're going on these things and, and getting more people to like the royal family and all that but no it needs it needs slimming down you know it really does need slimming down and as I say yeah he's, a, he's king because that's the way it, it goes in this in, in England and uh, good luck to him but it, He's not the most, he's not the most popular one because of the, the situation with Camilla. Do you, you know, think also um, he goes to these very secretive meetings and there is an amount of stuff on the internet if people want to find it where he's involved in very, very strange sort of groups of people who want to preserve elitism and uh, at the expense of the general public like us. So that's one of the reasons why I'm not a fan. Um, had he wanted to move closer to the people, I could see maybe a lot of a good argument for somebody saying, well, look, you've just inherited a shed load of money from your mum and then the same from your dad so why don't you give that back to the country in its moment of need and then just continue as you are you're still a very wealthy man and you're still getting money from all sorts of places because of your position now um that would have helped the country could have paid for the coronation etc you know doesn't seem to be happening yeah i'm, I'm with you on that but you see 
there again, you've got if him at the top's doing this elitist, you know, bits and you know, I want more and more money. You, ask, ask Lizzie all that money that she she had that now Charles has got. Has he done her any good? Now she's in that box and away. No, it doesn't do anybody any good. What's the point? He keeps wanting more and more and more and more. It's just greed. But you see, and then it feeds down to politicians. They're at it all the time. They want more and more and more money. You know, it, so then it, you, so you're breeding uh, uh, the whole country should just go for anything that they can get for nothing or, or you know, just keep piling the pockets full of money. It's ridiculous. It well, should be spread quite evenly. What, what I can't really understand is how people um, can go out and campaign week in and week out now uh, for the doctors and the nurses and the teachers and the railway men and the bus drivers and virtually any person that's going on strike and then do nothing with Charles inheriting a, f a, f a huge amount of money off both his mother and then his father and then expecting everybody to pay for the coronation. I mean, I know the coronation could and should pay for itself in royalties and things that will come in off the te television. But really, as a gesture, wouldn't it have made an awful lot of sense for him to say, well, look, my mum's just died um, and is she has bequeathed this money to the nation and my dad the same um, which has got to be for example uh, to improve the environment if he feels so passionately about that although I think many people can understand that nobody can really influence the sun and the moon and the planets I mean we're all being taken for a ride it's absolute nonsense and yet you know when you look at all the people going out to um, try and get a few extra bob uh, for a, a the jobs that matter um you know you, you, you've still got them on strike and uh, not going to do anything to try and change the balance of uh, this money and ownership of money i don't understand how people can be like that well it, yeah it, i get exactly where you're coming from because we, we pay for whether you forget the coronation with this gold carriage and all this lot and all we're already paying the wages of, of all these um, uh, Grenadier guards and, you know, and all them, the security for uh, for Buckingham Palace and for, you know, Prince William and all the other hangers on, you know. But the television money that they, that they're selling to all, you know, all over the world, the money they get in from that, that should pay for it easily. And if he wants to chuck a few quid in, that will that show that you really care. You know, listen, you can't spend it all, Charles. You, you just cannot spend it all. And neither can any of the others. So, chuck a few quid down to the people that really need it. And or make make a gesture as though you are. And people will like you more for it than, you know, like you said. It's it's just nonsense. It's booking fulls of money coming left, right and centre. And, and now they're after taxpayers paying, you know, <laughs> paying for this... Uh, this pageant on uh, on Saturday, but uh, I mean, it's just the world's just full of greed. You know, it, it, it really gets it gets on my nerves that. Well, you know, I, I also then read a very very interesting article, which a lot of people probably would and they don't know about. He is a little-known aristocrat who enjoys a quiet life with his partner, two dashuns and an art collection. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about a fellow called Franz, the German Duke of Bavaria and head of the House of Wittelsbach. Uh, and it, it, the thing is, he might have been right in the spotlight, if not for a quirk of history. I'm reading all this. As a direct descendant of King Charles I's daughters, Henrietta Anne, this 89-year-old is first in line to the Jacobite succession through which supporters of the deposed King James II believe the crowns of uh, England, Scotland and Ireland should have passed. So it's all to do with an act of Parliament in 1701. Um, we would have had this uh, Franz Duke of Bavaria as the king and not uh, Charles. So it just shows, you see... Why don't people see through it? This is just a family. There's nothing 
different about them just in history they've uh, raped pillaged and plundered more successfully than other people and yet yeah. you know you've got all these people um, i remember going down to to truro uh, one day when the maundy money was on and uh, i wanted to cross the road and go to the bank and the police had cordoned off the roads at about eight o'clock in the morning or maybe it was about 10 o'clock in the morning but i couldn't go to the bank you know uh, it's nonsense the way that they are with royalty um i think it has a place but let me just give you another little thing i picked up and new zealand prime minister chris hipkins said on monday that he personally favors his country becoming a republic but it is not a change he intends to push for as leader he made the comments to reporters hours before he was due to leave for this week's coronation of king charles um so of course new zealand a former british colony self-governing but charles still retains a largely ceremonial role as head of state and king but you know uh he's represented in new zealand by the governor general but you know for the a prime minister to say he, he wants to break away and then hop on a plane and come over to the party i mean they're just so bloody hypocritical aren't they how true first can you get He's bleaching out there, and then the the, the, the little gold rim card comes through his door, and or, or on his email or box or whatever it is, and uh, oh, I'll go, you know, I'll go for that, you know, it could be a jolly good knees up, old boy, you know, and all this and the other, and he's like you were saying before about Charles and the environment. We all know the environment's a big, it's just another tax con, you know. Nobody can see through it. it every year you'll get cold in winter, warm in summer, cold in winter, warm in summer. All these, you know, we all got to go electric and God knows what and this and the other. It's just another way of getting cash to pay for Charlie Boy and pay all these politicians and God knows what. And it's the poor people that are grafting all the time. They've got to keep shelling out for it. It's a nonsense. And just continuing on from what you say, because you're absolutely right, in my opinion, um, the fact that it's, uh, uh, you know, the uh, electric car in Spain, uh, it does show you that there's collusion. People are, are operating at very top levels. Um, I mean, you go up to our local supermarket, Massey Mass, and out of 200 spaces on the car park, you've got two electric charging points. Well, I don't know about you. Uh, I I can't see them getting everybody on in a in an electric car by 2050. Um, you know, uh, they did mention 2030. I don't know whether they're trying to keep to that, but um, I can't see it happening. Can you? There's no infrastructure for it. As I said last week, there's five thousand people live in Pollock where I live. Yeah. So, say 2030, 2050, whatever it is, right. All the, all the Spaniards and those we, we come home from work and this, that and the other, and we've all got electric cars and we decide, hey, and it needs charging. We all plug in at tea time. Pollock had been non-existent. They just blow up everybody out of the water because you've seen some of the uh, electrics here, you know, hanging off walls and God <laughs> knows what, don't you, in all these old villages. Yeah. And they're going to start. And, and, and as for these two pumps in, Ma in Massimas, you still, you, it's not free. You put, you put your card in, yeah, and, and put, you know, put your card number in, and then you, you plug it in. But there's about two hundred cars behind you waiting. They all want plugging in because yeah. there's, there's not enough uh, these charging points anywhere, anywhere in the world. There's not enough. And there were, you saw the photograph; uh, it was on Facebook the other day. That all them uh, cars that in France that they give to the, you know, like the councillors, uh, you know, the main councillors and all these officers. Yeah. They give them these little runarounds, these little um, uh, battery-operated cars, and they're all in a field now because the batteries have gone, and it's cheaper to scrap them than to. And you can't reuse these batteries because they're lithium, they're poisonous. But what they don't realise is, it's like they had on uh, on on Everest and, and all that area. You can now not walk up Everest with a lithium battery on your cap lamp. You've got to have normal batteries Ooh, because yes. what they were doing, when they'd run out, they threw them into the snow. When the snow melted, it went into the people's water supply. Yeah. So you were poisoning the people at the bottom. And that's what's going to happen with all these cars in France in this field. 
It'll go into the water system and then they poison you. Hang on. Uh, maybe, maybe you've hit on something that is part of the plan. Maybe get that's what it's people. all about. Yeah, get rid of people. Yeah. You know what, Neil? Sometimes by saying something which is, you know, uh, really quite innocent, sometimes you, you get a little bit of a, an insight as to what's really happening. You could have hit the, the nail on the head there. Okay, yeah. um, here's the next one. Let's move on. Okay, I understand anybody who wants to influence the world, you know, and uh, especially people that want to do nice things and good things. There's a story that I picked up. An influencer has come under fire for accusing a, a driver of racism after asking where she's from and comparing her to his girlfriend. So, uh, London-based food blogger, Naguyan Yates-Brown, who, uh, you know, uh, then you've got to put in the TikTok bit, so these are the adverts, folks, uh, where she has more than 115,200 followers, took to social media to post the interaction she had in a hire cab. She took offence after he asked her where she's from. And when she told him Vietnam, he replied that she looks a little bit different from his girlfriend who's from China. So Nguyen captioned the clip. I experienced racism this morning, but commentators overwhelmingly sided with the driver. He's apologised uh, immediately for offending her and sounded as if he was on the verge of tears. Many said she didn't even try to understand what he meant and were horrified by her leaving the man believed to be a London cab driver uh, panicked. Uh, Tom Frierson. Oh, no, that's uh, the next story. So let's go to that. Now, um, I mean, I don't know about you. I often say to people, uh, well, where are you from? Um, I don't mean anything by it. Um, I was uh, in a situation where we went to see Paul Jones at the weekend. And uh, there was, um, so this is here in Spain. And there was a lady who was very dark skinned, but she was talking with a Brummie accent. And the minute you hear a Brummie accent, you know, they should have lived in Birmingham for a long time. So I said yeah. to her, um, uh, whereabouts are you from? And she looked at me, giving me that look to say, where do you mean in England or somewhere else? Oh, and I said, yeah, no, no. Or, I, or Africa or, yeah. yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And I said to her, no, no, I, I quickly picked up the, the Birmingham accent. Um, and she immediately relaxed and there was no problem. But I mean, you know, come on. Even if I wanted to know which country she came from, I'm interested as a fellow human being. I'm not interest, interested in being nasty to her. I just, I'm interested in her as a person. Person. I don't understand what what people what, you know these these woke ideas are out to make people fight each other and and quarrel, aren't they? Exactly. I mean Vietnam, you know, and China. It, they're all they're all from Asia, and they all have a type of look. So for interest to say because you, you look similar to my girlfriend who's from, and she she goes berserk. Do me a favour, please. What's going on here? You know, you're offended. Well, you know, I've said it a million times. Why is 98% of the people who are not offended being ruled by the 2% that are? Yeah. Now, that can't be for real in any, in, in any form of life. That ni- the 2% of telling out all the 98% that they're, they're offended at everything you want to say to them. So do you not speak to anybody anymore? Do you not, you know, have a conversation? Oh, where are you from? You know, what do you do? I said, oh, I used to work with batteries and, you you know, I'm a foodie. You know, I'm a chef or whatever. It's a general conversation. Nobody's out there, you know, to offend somebody when you're talking to them. And if you you get a Brummy accent or a Welsh accent, you know, you say, oh, it's it's your accent from Wales, right? But, you know, nobody's out to offend anybody. Well, the but first thing... Oh, it's them that make it as though they are. Well, you need to man up and just say, yes, I'm from Birmingham. Or, yes, we, we all have a, a slight look of each other, you know, 
Chinese people and, and, and you know, all them from Asia and Thai people. Yeah, you know, they all have a similar type of look. Well, the f- is, you know, you can't be offended at somebody saying, well, my girlfriend's from China. She has a similar look to you. So is he offending his girlfriend then? No, he's not. He's just saying that, you know, I could tell, you know, with, with your features. Well, the first time I met you, uh, the first thing I said is, where are you from? I mean, that, that that's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's an obvious question, isn't it? You know. Yeah. And I said to you, I'm your lovable mank. <laughs> That was it. <laughs> you know, and you know my lovable scouser. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy, man. <coughs> You're just having a general conversation, but all these wokes want to make a big issue of it. You know, yeah. get out of my life. Oh. Get on with your own life and stop talking to people then if that's the way you feel. Okay, let's move on to the next one then. And uh, here we go. Okay, so there's a guy called Tom Frierson, and uh, he uh, was 16 when he needed surgery on his left arm and will need about 50 operations to remove hundreds of pellets from his body after he was shot by a guy who owned a mansion in uh, Surrey. And uh, this guy is 63, and he had gone to jail, uh, sorry, he'd been to court and was acquitted uh, of a attempted murder after standing trial uh, he told the police officer that he'd shot this uh, guy Frierson who you see the picture of him on his bike um, so um, he's been to court um, he said the guy wouldn't go off his property so he shot the pellets and then you know he got acquitted and then this uh mr frierson uh, is now suing his alleged assailant as f- assailant for damages of almost three million pounds okay the general principle is somebody's got a few bob got a nice place somebody's trespassing he says get off my land uh the the, the fellow doesn't bother getting off his land he says get off my land again or, or i'll put some uh pellets in you he didn't and so he shot him been to court they've acquitted him should be the end of the story or should it be what do you think that's the end of it no trespassing Remember, every every gate you saw, you know, farmers' gates or big house, houses, you know, when we were kids, no trespassers allowed on this land. And, so, and some have put, if you do, you're likely to be shot. So, yeah, if, you, if you're mooching about on other people, you're not there just to have a stroll and have a look how nice the house is, are you? Probably looking for breaking or whatever. Yeah. No. Stay off my land here. See, at one time, a man's... Uh, home or his castle now you can see like anybody in and it like it in a few years ago that shot them that had broken about three times in it tony yeah so, i can't think of him last name yeah and he's he's, he's warned him and warned him and all of a sudden he's coming up at him so he, he shot him with a, a, a 12 bow shotgun right he was a and farmer he wasn't he put him in prison yeah hang on a minute i could have been in a coffin here if i'd have let them come further up the stairs and if you shouldn't be on that land, stay away. It's no, you know, oh. And then, you know, they, they're trying to put him in prison and this, that, and the other, and, and he's been acquitted now. And I agree with that. He shouldn't be acquitted. He shouldn't have gone to court. And as far as these papers come now, he wants three million quid. Just rip them up, put them in bin. So, yeah, forget it. You're not having it. Okay. Uh, right, I agree with you with that one, by the way. Totally agree. <laughs> Got a brand new 
Okay, so we've got paedophiles apparently using a popular new artificial intelligence software platform to transform real photos of children into sexualized images. Uh, it's led to warnings to parents to be careful about the per- pictures of their children they're posting online. The images were found on the US uh, artificial image generator Mid Journey, which is like ChatGPT, which is using prompts to deliver an output although these usually consist of pictures rather than words um okay the danger is already here now neil um it doesn't matter who you are whether you don't really use a computer it's all around us we've got to look after the kids this is just another example it's horrible isn't it well you know i'm a technophobe i wouldn't know a, a tiktok from a, a whatever the other things are and all that yeah well yeah it, 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 it's a fantastic thing, yeah. You know, you, you can talk to, you know, your, your family. If you were in Australia, as though you sat with them on settee, you know, on your computer, you've got a FaceTime thing or whatever it is, and it's fantastic for that. But nobody's gone under, you know, on you know the dark side of it, you know, and, and this is poisoning youngins' lives and this, that, and the other, because you know some of them they, they just. Uh, you just take it in and read some and think, oh, well, that must be right. No, there's no challenge on it to say it's not right. You know, and now you, now you can have pictures that are, are making people gullible to think that they're on this morning about, you know, all these scams that are coming with banks and this, that and the other. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't have a clue, as you know. But it, it's a great it's a great thing, you know, if you want to know where you're going, uh, Google Maps or whatever it is and, uh, and you, you're thinking of going on holidays or somewhere, and you just type in, you know, things to do. It's great, but it's it's the darker side of it that it needs, you know, stamping on. Yeah, totally with you again. So let's go to the next one, and this time we're going to some cycling. And I know you like your cycling. No, Tiger, calm down. <laughs> Okay, so this is cycling's transgender rules and they come under fire after a male-born rider won an international women's road race over the weekend. So you've got this transgender woman, Austin uh, Killips, it looks like, uh, secured overall victory in the tour of the Gila in New Mexico, USA, an elite race sanctioned by the sports world governing body, the UCI. The 27-year-old American finished 89 seconds ahead, clear of Italian Marcella Prieto in the general classification and also claimed the Queen of the Mountains jersey. Commenting on the Killips case, former British Olympic swimmer Sharon Davis told the male sport, this is beyond disappointing. Those in charge should hang their heads in shame. The UCI is not fit for purpose. I agree with her. What do you think? Exactly. I'm 100% there. How can she get, he get, the Queen of the Mountains and win a, a, a female's race when he's a man? He's a man. You can you can dress him up as much as you want. It's a man. Do me a favour. Well, if all, all sports just say, if they want their own, you know, uh, these transgender ones, yeah, let them get their own sport going. Uh, you know, uh, purely just for transgenders, right? And let them sort it out themselves. But don't come into women's game, you know, uh, being a man. And well, you go and win summer, you know, hang on a minute, you know. Well, you and I are both going to see through it straight away. These are guys who basically aren't good enough to win in the men, so they're going to have a exactly. go at the women's. Exactly. I, I, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never win the men's race. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll dress as a woman and I'll go and get a trophy and I can win the New Mexico or whatever it is, cycle championships. Yeah, big deal, pal. You're still a man. Yeah. 
okay i'm afraid we both feel totally uh, against that uh, personally i'd pull him off his bike and um, make sure he, he handed the medal to a or the the award to a proper lady um if you're going to go in the ladies then quite frankly i think to m- masquerade and um, intrude as a transgender i think it's totally inappropriate and the women should be well as sharon davis said uh, it, it's totally wrong isn't it all the women in that race should have said right when gun goes off let him set off yeah on his own we'll wait 10 minutes and then we'll have our race you know great idea when he gets to the line uh where's all the others well they're in they're in their own race but what do i get for winning this uh nothing you fool you're a man <laughs> okay i'm definitely with that idea great idea right uh we move on then Okay, so Britain's farmers, they're hopping mad, they're furious, uh, and they've begun the fight back against plant-based school dinners. Uh, Councils now are moving to scrap all meat and dairy products from menus in a bid to go vegan or vegan. Uh, The Countryside Alliance warned that a new plant-based international treaty signed by several councils in the UK that promotes taxes on meat and bans the expansion of farms is a threat to British agriculture. At least nine councils serve only plant-based meals at their events and uh, actively promote the vegan lifestyle within their communities. So, um, I know you'll maybe have quite a strong opinion on this so let me just give you a quick comment from the people that wrote in and this is control over the population this is gustav from kidderminster Uh, in the vein of orwell's 1984 and huxley's brave new world just who do these people think they are they are exceeding their authority after all taxpayers give them their jobs these people should be bought uh, brought to account it should be uh, for their actions and sacked from their posts right over to you I'm with him sack them all right you, you can't force force kids to just eat grass and god knows what you've got to have some protein in your bodies and god knows what what's wrong with eating meat but you see if you're a proper vegan as far as I, I understand it you're not allowed leather shoes or leather belts or anything like that. You, you know, it's like, hang on, but who are you telling our kids that they can't have beans on sauce or a, a burger, you know, or a bit of chicken or a, or a steak? Who are they? Well, it's not what you were putting there to do. You were putting there to teach them, to give them an education. And if they want to go down the, the thing of being a vegetarian or a vegan, well, they'll make their own minds up. I tell you what so I find... If forcing it on people, it's ridiculous. I tell you what I find a bit um, strange is that many of the councils um, are run by farmers. Now, if that's the case, why would a farmer turn against his own way of life? I don't understand that one. Exactly, how does that work? Mm. (coughs) You know, I mean, I'm not a vegetarian. I I know you you don't eat a lot of meat and and that, but it it doesn't cause me a problem. But then if you said said to me, well, Neil, if you're coming on radio with me, you you, you can only eat lettuce, uh, you know, and tomatoes or whatever. Well, we wouldn't be doing it, would we? And that's what basically they're saying. We've got on our right, but last. 50, 20 years, whatever it is. Well, I still eat meat. I mean, uh, I think that um, people are forgetting that during the Second World War, uh, the government had to give subsidies to farmers to raise um, um, uh, the sheep, especially um, to feed the people. Now, if that was the way it was during the war, then it would appear to me part of this 
big scheme which every now and again you've got to start thinking well is there maybe something in the conspiracy theory type thing because if you're taking away food from people um then you know that would be one way we, you would want to do it stop uh, promoting meat on councils um so does that mean that they will only eventually have for example halal meat because there's no way that the muslim faith is going to stand for that is it Exactly. It's, uh, but who are these councils, who these councils think they are? You know, do they think they've got a little tash under the, under the nose and, and, you know, and holding their hand up in there? They think they're Adolf Hitler's. And to say, we're having no more, we're having no more meat uh, in our education system, our area. Hang on, put it to the people, right? And in other words, well, just you can shove your veggie. We'll we'll, we'll go back to uh, checking a, a boxing, won't we? A sandwich box. Yeah. You know, like we we had at school. You know what I mean? They, they make me laugh. These counselors. They, you know, the two bit two bit fools. You know, they want to put force everything on there. Probably when he goes home, he's, he's having a, a a sirloin steak or something like that. It's all right to keep shouting at everybody else. The, the thing, what he's eating at home. The thing, Half a ton of grass. Well, the thing for me, you see, is why are they doing it? If, as you say, they probably are being hypocritical and would probably still be eating meat when it came to their own particular diet, why are they doing this? Because somebody has got to be driving it. Um yes. It's a control thing, isn't it? It's like everything else we've been talking about. Somebody wants to control us. Yeah. The same as Charlie Boy and all, you know, and all these lot. It's, it's this control. They controlled us on, on, a, on a case of flu, the, the pandemic and all this lot. I mean, can people not see that somewhere along the line you're being conned just so you can pay more tax to all these elitists? Yeah. All right, Neil. Um, again, we see eye to eye on that one. So, uh, just a reminder to our listeners: the whole purpose of what we do is things that you have available to you for reading. Maybe you need to start reading the papers a little bit more intelligently. That's probably what we're trying to explain. But anyway, uh, we certainly don't understand it. Here's the next one. Okay, we can probably understand aspects of this a lot better. This is a pub chef, and uh, he's a blasted a vegan activist for trying to ruin his business reputation. So, uh, what does this guy do? He gets onto uh, the review section of TripAdvisor. Uh, the guy's never ever visited the restaurant so joss beecham horton i don't know uh this person but he apparently runs the manor house in in callington down in cornwall where i used to live um and prides himself on how his food is all sourced locally and everything is made in-house despite burly scraping through the pandemic however since the end of last year he's been receiving online abuse from a vegan or vegan activist for selling meat on the premises okay um i feel that these activists whoever they are vegan vegan uh, just stop oil just um you know all of these different groups uh, it, somebody needs to get a grip of the protests and if they're ruining somebody's job by getting online and giving false um information on TripAdvisor, um i think i'd be absolutely hopping mad i think you'd probably feel the same wouldn't you yeah exactly Right, he's he's earning a living. People want to go and eat meat, you know, go and have a nice meal at a nice restaurant. The same as these councillors, if Jamie Oliver or somebody else said, "Oh, come and come and see how I make, you know, a, a lovely steak and this and the other," all oh, them are going to eat it. But then they're telling everybody you've got to eat grass, you know. But that, that's the that's the bad side again of this uh, Wi-Fi thing, you know, that somebody can try and ruin somebody's life just. By being anonymous, you know, there's no picture or anything of him or whatever, and and he, he tries to ruin somebody who's trying to make a living for his family and all that. No, they should they should be hawked over coals and fined and, and whatever. 
It's got, if you, it's fine that you're, you're a vegan. That's fine. Nobody's bothering you, right? Don't you go bothering somebody else who, who wants to have a nice restaurant where people can go and have nice meaty food or whatever. They can have uh, vegetarian, they can have vegan, they can have a steak. He should be dragged away, fined, and, and even put in clink. Well, it's just ruining people's lives. Exactly. And I mean, it's like if uh, you and I were out and we were having a meal, uh, you're ordering my meat. It doesn't worry me. Come on. You know, that's my decision yeah. is to not eat meat, not to make you not eat. I think the other thing is for these, um, you know, the activists like the Just Stop Oil and uh, all the yeah. other different ones. Um, I think really you've got to see this as part of the overall plot, because why otherwise would the police not stop them? You and I, if we wanted to do something against whatever we decided uh, we were going to do something about, um, you know, we don't like men wearing trilbies walking down the road, for example, or uh, any sort of headdress. And so we put a placard up and people can't go past us. The police would be down on top of us within two minutes. Correct. But to stop the motorways... If you say, I'm a, I've got a stop oil sign, police won't do anything. I'm going to glue my face to uh, M1 or whatever to stop all these cars going. But don't these stop oil activists know that even if we, we go all electric, there's going to be, they're going to need oil to, to do the bearings and all this, you know? And, and, and this, this sunshine, it's great here, you know, this solar stuff, I've not had it done, but it's a great idea, right? But if you're living in the UK and Scotland and them places where they're going to get something like about three hours of daylight in winter, well, they're going to run on. Well, you know, nobody looks at the overall situation. You're saying, oh, we've got to do this. We've got to stop oil. We've got to have electric cars. We've got to have uh, vegan vegan uh, uh, food for kids. And that. No, no. Kids today, let them grow up. Let them, let them be kids. But no I think they're saying they can't, they can't eat anything, and they, they're not. They're not, they're not to talk about uh, diesel cars or petrol cars. It's got no. Oh, what's the world coming to? At all? Well, the thing is, there's a website where these protesters can go to. Um, you know, if you put your Google search in, you'll find it. And basically, they're paid money to go out and disrupt all the uh, different parts of society that they've been disrupting the museums, the uh, the roads, uh, just about everything. So, snooker, you know, they're starting it with that on snooker table and this and the other. You see, it's all that we've seen that we've seen you throw all that orange stuff on, you know, and and hold it up for a, a yeah. day or near enough one table for a day, right? There's no backup on it of what happened. What happened when he got you know arrested? What what's he been fined? What's he you know, you know because he's stopping he's stopping hundreds of thousands of people's lives watching what they want to watch. You come and disrupt it for ten fifteen seconds, and there's no backup to it. So, in other words, well, he, he mustn't have got anything. So the next lot will come along. Oh, I'll have a go at that. I'll get on telly, you know, for a bit of fame. Well, if, uh, I, I mean, if you don't clamp down on it, everybody's going to have a go at it. I mean, you know, if people can't see through this, somebody is orchestrating all this. You know, you've got to be a little bit weird and wonderful if you think that the sun and the moon and the earth and the planets can be affected by us. It's what exists. And if it goes hot for a, 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 a thousand years, that's what is being ordained, whatever drives all this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how often people sit in the middle of the road and sing protest songs. It ain't gonna change one thing, one unfortunately. Thing. It's, it, it, it's it's everything that you know. All of a sudden, they tell you, "Oh, we found some thingies here from four billion years ago on Earth. They found it, right?" So. Hang on, so for four billion years, it's got on nice and bonny, and now they're telling us that it's going to, the, the, the Earth's going to explode and be non-existent by 2030 or 2050. Tony Blair said we were going to have an ice age. 
What happened to the ozone layer? That it was going to get that big that everybody were going to die of heat. You know? Yeah. But then winter come and it's freezing cold. So, are we, oh, you know what I mean? There's all that, you know, and the oil will destroy the centre of the earth. You know, keep pumping oil, it'll, it'll destroy the centre of the earth. And and then next minute, as I said, with Tony Blair, we're going to have an ice age. And then next one, they'll come along and say something else. It's an absolute con. The delude. Let nature, let nature just take its cause, and it's done very well. But the last billions of years. They're either deluded or dangerous. So, really, you'd want to know who's driving these things. I mean, this thing with the artificial intelligence, you've got yeah. Elon Musk on one side saying it's dangerous and you've got to be careful. And then you've got uh, Gates on the other side and other people who are, you know, trying to push it as much as possible. I've got a couple of light ones to finish. So, um, right. we need it, don't we, really? <laughs> Okay, so right. let's uh, let's see. We we'll go to this one. When I see my baby, what do I see? Poetry, poetry in motion. Okay, so that's Johnny Tillotson, who's been on my show. Uh, there's a podcast on the website. Uh, but the days of Natalie attired line judges at Wimbledon look to be numbered. It's been announced that all the main circuit ATP, the tennis tour events, will have electronic line calling from 2025. Different systems to make calls have been gradually introduced over recent years, and these will become complete signalling an end to some of the more colourful episodes in the sport's history when players have blown up uh, you cannot be serious um, as injustices of co of course um, the ATP tour uh, does not govern the four Grand Slams but already the Australian and US Open have done away with the human element um, I don't know about you I quite like the line judges you know especially when the, when the ball occasionally hits them what do you yeah, think? Yeah. I mean, it's been there for ages, but it, it's like uh, cricket. I mean, this VAR's not working as it should do, or the people who are looking at it is not working. But on the cricket, you know, when the umpire gives no, and then they, they challenge it, and then you actually see what it is, okay, and you think, whoa, you know. Or when, when they still have them line replays, don't they? When, a, when a, an umpire you know, gives it out and then he challenges it and it, it touches the line. Yeah. It's still in. You know, it, it, so it is part of it, you know, this little few seconds waiting for to see who's right, who's wrong. But yeah, I mean, well, they volunteers, I think, most of them at Wimbledon, you know, they, 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 even though they, they work in, you know, all around country. And, and but, I'd sooner have them there and you can still, you know, you can still see the, uh, uh, the 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 archive thing, the ball that you know lands down, is it in or is it out? Well, the, you, you get but it. If you want to get, get rid of them, are, are these going to be perfect? You know, it's just cost cutting again. But I mean, yeah. when, when all said and done, I don't mind the the tennis because it is either in or it's out, uh, so yeah. that does clarify. Uh, it's when you look at uh, the contact sports where intent um, is it's a ridiculous one. But um, okay, I've got another light one to finish off with because we oh. do have so many heavy ones. So let's see what we've got then. Uh, this one here. Here's the last one. Okay, you often get them uh, around town, the stubborn white van man. Now, this particular guy caused a tricky dilemma for concrete council contractors. They hadn't put down a warning that they were going to be there, so he refused to move his vehicle. Uh, the construction workers came up with an ingenious solution to the obstinate driver. Rather than abandon the job, they decided to work round it, meaning a van-sized patch of road was left without shiny new tarmac. This is Cranley Road in Worthing, down in, I think, Sussex, I think it is. Uh, but the van-shaped gap means contractors will have to return in mid-June to finish the job um you, you couldn't really write the script with silly things like that could you 
Yeah, people like that one a few years ago, wasn't it? You know them that put the uh, the no parking, uh, the double parking lines on, and there were a car park there. So they didn't. They went round it, but still painted. You know, <laughs> instead of it being near curb, it went with the car away. Yeah, it's like you couldn't dream this up, could you? Yeah. It's like a it's like a sitcom on telly. You know, <laughs> like John Cleese and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It, 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 even the right mind would go, listen, lads, whoa, whoa, we're not wasting this concrete. Right, put it round this van, leave it there, and then we can come back in June when uh, when this van was moved. Oh, please. We'd, well, you know, at least it's a bit lighter. Um, okay, Neil, well, look, it looks like your team are heading towards the championship in the football. Um Hopefully. Yeah, I think I can't see. I mean, Arsenal have been great. It's been like Liverpool last year. You've you've had a good test, uh, but I think um, Guardiola's got the squad, and of course the the team play very well. For me, Jack Grealish has been the key this year. You know, his tracking back's been wonderful. He's had, he's had the last the last five games he's had has been the best he's had while he's been at City. Yeah, he's been up up the field, and but he still doesn't deliver it quick enough for me. You know, when when Alan and all them are running in, he, he still wants to turn back and then have another go, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully. Right, we we play West Ham tonight mm. and then we'll go back to the top if we beat West Ham. Yeah. So, you see, the master, uh, I bet he's, he's quite proud of Arteta because he, he's took in everything that Pep's done and Arsenal are trying to play that way and he's stuck with it even though they had a bad start. Yeah. He's stuck with it and they've stuck with him there's too many managers getting sacked left right and centre here OK and, Neil uh, I'm right, right out of time oh. <laughs> right see you later <laughs> thanks Neil see you next week Ta-da.